0: Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Seraph Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better the Brand Designer Podcast. We're all about broadcasting
1: conversations that support our design community, uncovering industry secrets, and offering actionable
0: advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer Podcast. Super excited to be hanging out with you this lovely Tuesday. There is a crisp in the air right now.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's freezing in Chicago. Like I took Cypress for a walk yesterday, and I was wearing two sweaters and a jacket and a toque, and I put my mask on because... Then I don't have to like breathe in the cold air. And I'm like, dude, it's October.
0: What is going on? What is a toque? Like a beanie. Oh, I've never heard that word before. Yeah. Is it like a Northern person thing?
1: (laughs) Maybe. I learned it from Jake and his family and they're Canadian, So I wonder if it's a Canadian thing.
0: Oh, okay. I wonder if it is. I was like, wait, what is that? (laughs) And now I just use it
1: because he says it all the time.
0: I always whenever I
1: say beanie, he's like, "What are you talking about?"
0: (laughs) (laughs) Does he like say words for like soda and stuff? Is that like like a Minnesota Minnesota people say like pop and stuff? Is Um, there something different for Canada? No, I don't think so. But I say pop. You do?
1: Oh, I say I say soda or I say pop. I think it just depends on like when a... what i'm feeling
0: like for the day I wish i could say pop without people being like what is wrong with you <laughs> cuz nobody says but that But do here. you know
1: that like in some places people just say like coke instead of
0: oh like any, for like any coke soda is just even for any soda coke. Yeah that's so funny well we'll do some market research guys go comment on our instagram post yes. this week and let us know what you say for soda i'm curious
1: yeah, I'll have to say it's freaking cold.
0: It is. I was talking to one of my one-to-one mentorship students and I was like, oh, Nikki, it's, it's 50 degrees here. And she's like, dude, I'm in Omaha. Like It is cold, like 50 degrees. She's like, well, 50 yeah. degrees is still a little bit of a crisp. So we're in full fall mode right now. Um, and I'm just, I'm living for it. We went to a pumpkin patch yesterday and we're going to a little farm to go on hay rides and go in a corn maze tomorrow. So we're just getting into the spirit.
1: I'm going to do a corn maze this weekend too. We're going to do a oh. corn maze and apple picking.
0: Oh, I love apple picking. That's so fun. Oh, we'll yeah. have to, we'll have to share our fall adventures with you guys, um, on our podcast stories. But anyways, before we dive into our intro question, we wanted to remind you guys that we have our Patreon only live Q and a call on December 6th at 9am central and 10am Eastern. And you guys know that we love these calls. It's just a great opportunity for us to get to know you better. It's for all of our $10 and up patrons. And it's kind of like a little bit of a mini coaching call. still like a really small group, which was really fun. And, you know, we're looking forward to it. So if you guys are interested in having some FaceTime with me and Esther, kind of like we're recording a little podcast episode, um, it won't be recorded except for our patrons.
1: Yeah. We would love to have you guys join us. You can become a $10 patron
0: at patreon.com
1: slash Also, if you aren't on our email list yet, you should definitely do that. You can sign up through our website because we have more information about that live Q&A call that goes out to all of our subscribers. So you won't have to miss anything. We can't wait. We love these calls.
0: Okay. Intro question time. What behavior or personality trait do you most attribute your success to and why? I definitely think that
1: this behavior that I'm going to talk about is both a, it's a double-edged sword. Like I, it's so good, but it's also really detrimental to me. But my my personality trait is that (laughs) I'm just like, I would say like, I'm a very much of a go-getter. Like, very driven like have a lot of energy and excitement about things and i feel like when i have something in my head i do it and i execute it really well but the flip side of this is that i like have too many things in my head and then i burn out and i'm like constantly going but i would definitely say like my success has come from that motivation and that determination to do well because i work hard and i just give it my all So I don't know. That's like, it's a double-edged sword.
0: Yeah. I feel like I relate very much so. And I think a lot of our listeners will as well. Like drive is such a positive trait, but it also can kind of spill over into a little bit of workaholism. I'm talking from personal experience. Like I don't, like resting is sometimes very challenging for me. And we actually talked about that in our burnout episode, which we got such an amazing response from you guys. If you haven't listened yeah, to the episode, like, thank curious called, for listening. Yeah, it's called Burnout Baby Burnout. It's like a couple episodes ago, um, and I think that I, all of you guys were like, "Oh my goodness, thank you guys for talking about this stuff." So there's a, a whole conversation about like drive and burnout and stuff in that in that episode. Um, but yeah, relatable for sure. Yeah. What about you? I think that I'm just a really friendly person. And I want to say that, like my friendliness and my outgoingness—that's not even a word, but I'm just going to make it a word—has contributed to just the wide network of people that I feel like I'm connected to, and I, my referral network is very strong. I, despite my best efforts, become good friends with most of my clients. You know, I'm always trying to set those boundaries and not give out my, feelings. yeah. But I end up being friends with them and. I don't know. It's just kind of like, I'm, you know, I am a podcaster too. I mean, we both are, but like, I just love meeting new people. It's the journalist in me. I love interviewing people and asking questions. And I think a secondary word would be curiosity, but I just think like,
1: Yeah. I think it's your charisma. Like I definitely see that in you. You have, you just like talk to everybody. I don't know how you have the time or the energy to do it because I definitely get drained from talking to people, but like that definitely like being able to network and have relationships with people has influenced your success.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's so funny that you were saying, you know, how, how do you have time to like talk to all these people? It's so funny. Like in the very beginning stages of, my postpartum experience when i had a newborn baby what got me through the really really like tiring days was phone calls with people like i would put mm. my baby in a stroller and i would get my airpods in and i would just call people and be like hey like tell me about your day like i just not like to escape but like just to talk to another adult and to share my experience and connect and To to this day, I love calling my friends just out of the blue. Like cause I have a lot of friends that are kind of scattered all over just due to the military lifestyle that we live for so long. I'm talking here like I have like hundreds of friends. Not true. That's like a handful of people, but like I just it doesn't matter how long I haven't like talked to them. I'll like call them out of the blue and then we'll have like an hour-long conversation while Ryder's playing or whatever. Like I just it feeds my soul and it gives me energy to like have those really intimate conversations with people. So like, I'm definitely more of like a small group girly, even though I did theater and I do like being on stage and like being in front of a crowd. Like, I mean, that's literally the most gen thing ever is that I was a theater kid. Um, but yeah, I love that. (laughs) So when it comes to scaling your business, there is so much noise around what you could do day rates, custom work, hiring team courses and workshops and webinars. It's really overwhelming. It makes me think like, is my mindset broken? Is it me? No, you are not broken. Different business stages need different things. Building
1: a business around who you are as a human is how you can unlock your next level of self-defined
0: success. This is the space that Morgan Rapp holds and teaches from in her group coaching program, Design Biz Mastery, which both Esther and I took and it changed both of our businesses. We love how the program is focused, not just on those vanity numbers that you see on Instagram, but on how to package and sell an ecosystem of cash injecting, profitable offers in different high value price ranges, three to 10K plus that honors you in the process.
1: DBM students have seen their investments back within their first sales calls, reduced their workload, scaled to six figures with services only, consistently brought in new leads, gained way more confidence, and established the income they need to sustainably create time and financial freedom.
0: Grow your revenue, take Fridays off, and reach full-body peace in your business with Design Biz Mastery. Visit dbm.morganwrap.com better. RAP is spelled R-A-P-P. To learn more and also receive access to a free private training about the three-part framework to peacefully scale your design business towards six figures on part-time hours. Before we dive in to our topic today, I wanted to share a little illustrator moment with you guys. It's not in our outline at all. But I thought it would be useful to someone because I learned something today. So I was designing a brand and, you know, the handles in the bounding box, when you select an object in Illustrator, like it gets a little blue box around it and then there's the little four squares in the corners. Yeah. That disappeared from my Illustrator this morning and I could not resize anything. You know, when you hold down shift and you drag the corner of a bounding box and it will resize the item. It went away and I was like, wait, did I change some setting? Like I reset my workspace. Like I quit and reopened. And then of course I asked for help. I went to Google (laughs) and apparently you can turn off the bounding box guys. I didn't know this was a thing, but if you hit command B or control B on a PC, it will turn off your bounding box. I don't know in what situation. I'm curious why you would want that. Why would you want to lose your tools and your handles on your bounding box. I don't understand. But I turned Unless I, it distracts. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But I I did command B. I turned it back on. I was able to resize all my stuff. I was like, I was kind of freaking out for a second. I was like, wait, I need to like get this out the door. Like, how can I, how can I move things around? Like, it was just so funny. So command B, if you guys ever lose your, your bounding box or your handles.
1: I've had things like that happen in my illustrator as well like I don't think it was exactly a bounding box I don't remember what it was but it was quite a few years ago where I just couldn't I felt like I couldn't edit anything because my normal things were gone and this is when I was working in an agency so I had like five other teammates and we all were trying to figure it out and it ended up being some like weird setting that I never touched at least I don't think I did
0: illustrator will play weird tricks on you like that it's just like oh just just checking to make sure you're awake yeah for sure And like. I, we talk often about software that we just, you know, have some feelings about not going to name names, <laughs> um but with Illustrator, I yeah. feel like very positive about it and I just really enjoy using it. It's the the Adobe program that I feel the most proficient in and, you know, sometimes it just throws a little wrench there, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. It's so interesting.
0: Okay. So... Esther, you wrote the best title for this episode live uh, from the studio. It's brand presentations. Woohoo! So, we thought it would be so fun to share actual client brand presentations that we have recorded and sent to our clients with you guys. We also will be watching and listening to them at the same time as you. Um, We'll do some editing finagling there. Um, But, we wanted to chat through like, you know what we noticed about each other's brand presentations get some ideas from each other i feel like this is not something i have ever seen before on social media or youtube is like an actual recorded live like brand concept or creative direction presentation so we're excited
1: yeah I'm super excited to hear your behind the scenes and also for you to hear my behind the scenes because nobody ever hears it except for my clients. So I'm kind of nervous, but I feel like it's good. I think this kind of reminds me back of agency days when we would hear each other present to like the creative directors or whatever. But yeah, I'm super excited to go through this. Mine is going to be fun because it's a project that I'm still working on. And yours is also one that you're, or did you just finish it?
0: Yeah, we're actually in the web design phase right now. So, okay, this is, yeah, that's the yeah. same for mine. We're in web design too. So you will notice that we reference some things that are more visual, and you obviously can't see them because this is an audio podcast. We are not going to be sharing the actual links anywhere of these presentations, but we will be sharing screenshots or some visuals from them in our Facebook group. So if you're curious about what some of the items are that we mention in these presentations, you guys can go on the hop into our Facebook group and take a peek.
1: Yes, I'm so excited to have this convo and to listen.
0: I know. I'm like curious. I'm like low key, like, okay, wait, I feel like yours is going to be so much better than mine. Like, I feel like mine are so casual. Okay,
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, Jen, before we like jump into listening to it, how about you give us a little bit of a. Overview of this project and kind of what you do walk through, and then we'll jump into listening.
0: Yes. Okay, so this is for a client called Soul Flora. And Soul Flora is a boutique florist based in New York City, and they specialize in really intimate gatherings like intimate dinner parties at restaurants. Um micro weddings, um, engagements, definitely like a lot of wedding work, but their big deal is using really local and sustainable florals and greenery and also using sustainable, like, I don't even know what the word is, like not packaging, but like what you put the flowers like the twine, in, the twine, yeah, using stuff that's compostable, um, making oh my it gosh, really like cyclical. Like... I was like, I, this should be a Sarath project, honestly. <laughs> um, I need to like look
1: at this, I'm yeah, so excited.
0: Yeah, it, it was honestly an absolute dream project. And, um, the client is actually someone I used to know in sixth grade, believe it or not. What? He just came out of the woodworks and was like, you know, I was talking to our mutual friend and. Saying I kind of wanted to start really, kind of going for this with Brandon Webb, and she's like, "Oh well, you know, Jen is a Brandon Web designer, and so like that kind of connection got made, and we like reconnected, and we hadn't talked in like ten years, and we just like totally hit it off, and like I feel like there was such a values alignment, like she's a believer as well, and so it just like I don't know, it makes me so excited to work with people that I'm just excited about. And like, you know, this was not the highest ticket project that I've ever booked, but like I am over the moon excited about it. Um, And so we're doing, she did um, my brand and two week intensive in combination with a semi custom show it website that she will be writing the copy for. So what you're about to hear is the first phase of my two week brand intensive, which is the creative direction. And I don't call this a brand strategy because that's not what it is. Um, there's not a lot of strategy like work that goes into the creative direction aside from setting up the, you know, the audience values, the brand values, and then talking through what we want the visual brand descriptors to look and feel like. So, Mm -hmm. um, there's not a ton of like, market research. Obviously, I took a look at her competitors and stuff like that. But the creative direction presentation is actually extremely simple, which is probably the reason why that my presentation is a little bit shorter than Esther's um, because this is like a two-week intensive. And we basically had the call. She did the questionnaire. And then the next day, I created and recorded this. So it's such a quick timeline. Um, the rest of the week, you know, she gave feedback. It was very minimal. She was really excited about things. It was really more like, Hey, I like this font. Um, I like this illustration style. Like let's move forward in this direction rather than like, Oh, it's not feeling right. So, um, you guys will also notice that I included a typeface research page and an illustration styles research page. Um, those are for her to see like, Hey, these are the fonts that Jen is considering. Like, what do you like the best? Like, what do you resonate with? We talk, you'll hear us talk or you'll hear me talk. She's not there. It's just a loom recording. You'll hear me talk about the shapes of the letters and talk about typeface manipulation and stuff like that. And then color palette, mood board, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Well, let's jump into it. I'm excited. Hey Molly, really excited to show you your creative direction. The um, The goal for this document is for, just like the questionnaire and our creative direction call, um, for you to feel really good about me understanding the vision that you want for the visuals of your business and also for us to be really aligned on what your business stands for and what you want your audience to feel and think about when they encounter any type of brand touch point. So if anything at all in this um, presentation feels off or wrong or you wanna swap out a word or something just you know, doesn't feel right, um, now is the time to let me know. Um, it, nothing is ever personal, this is business and it's actually really, really helpful when you tell me what's not resonating just as much as you tell me what is resonating. Um, I definitely wanna make sure that we walk away from this creative direction, kind of having a font selected and um, a, a mutual understanding of the illustration style that we're going to be moving forward with, um, and that you feel super comfortable and confident with everything you see in the mood board. So, let's get started. So, this is a little bit of an overview of the creative direction and what a creative direction is. I'll allow you to read that on your own. So these are your core company values. They pulled these directly from your questionnaire. I loved all of them so much, especially this sense of ease here. I know that we talked about simplicity being a really big value um, personally for both of us and in our businesses. Um, and you know, we talked about diversity, we talked about sustainability, um, all of these things. So um, I really want these to be lived out in the brand identity. And so that's why it's important that this is included in the creative direction. Same with the audience values. Um, I think there's a lot of shared values between you and your audience because you are a very values-driven business. Um, but I wanted to write these out. Um, these are ones that kind of I came up with based off of our our conversation. Um, so they might value other things in this, but this is kind of um, the list that I came up with. So let me know what you think about this. If this feels right, um, they value quality, but my intention here is quality like investing in something and saving up for it quality not just having nice things for the sake of having nice things it's almost like an appreciation for and a willingness to pay for quality because we definitely want to be attracting clients who care about the aesthetics obviously this is a creative service and so if people don't care about the aesthetics or the florals then they will not work with a boutique um, service provider like soul flora so these are your visual brand descriptors. These are the words that and phrases that we want someone to feel and think about when they look at your brand. Um, you can see that I have used secondary words here just to kind of position some of these words just in case um, you're curious about what I mean by some of these words. Let me know if anything feels off at all or if you feel like there's something missing here. Basically we want the brand to feel fresh, effortless, joyful, down to earth, timeless, and bespoke. Um, there is that sense of laid back luxury in here, but it's not just luxury on its own. There is this element of, you know, old world charm, but it's still really, really modern. Um, very unique and intentional. Um, and then uh, joyful. I just, I had to put this in as I was developing your color color palette because it's so colorful. It's so beautiful and it's just happy and positive. And I just feel like I get that vibe from you and I want your brand to feel like that as well. Okay. Next slide. All right, this is your mood board overview. A mood board is a collection of typefaces, photography, and color. That is the bridge between the previous page with our visual brand descriptors and what your brand is actually going to look like and your website eventually. Um, It's a jumping off point for us. They don't need to be perfect. But that being said, if anything feels off, um, even the tiniest detail, I would love to know about it so that I can swap things out so that we can change mood boards are very iterative and I definitely want you to be involved in that. Um, if you love it, then, then you know, that's wonderful. And, uh, I just want to encourage you that if anything is feeling off, please let me know. So this is your mood board. We have some fonts that you'll see later on in the presentation. We have some colors. So you're starting to get a sense of your color palette. You'll notice some familiar images here. Um, A lot of these images I was able to pull from your Pinterest. I loved this one so much. I feel like this and this is just kind of like a nod to just your affinity for supporting diverse cultures in your work and there's just a, so much color here, but you have the beautiful lavender wall here. Obviously, your own gorgeous bouquet with the sand in the background. Like, it's so funny. I was, you know, you were telling me about the colors for your wedding, and I was looking at the colors that you wrote out in your questionnaire, and then I looked at your Instagram, and I was like, oh wow, like <laughs> these are the colors that we're that we're looking at for your brand. And I just feel like it's so aligned. Um, so yeah, and I just I, I love this image so much. I feel like it's just so it's so authentic, it's so vibrant, Um, they just look so in love. They're so adorable. Um, You'll notice we have some fonts. We'll kind of go over some of those on the next slides. I do think that Noble does have a little bit too much of a feminine flourish. I think that we might be going more in this type of direction for the typeface. Um, But yeah, I just am loving the taller, thinner fonts. I do like this font as well, so I'm curious about your thought here. Love these like beautiful sunshine, like butter yellows. Um, and I, I like this illustration style as well. Obviously, we're not going to be doing something as complex as this with like a solar eclipse. Um, but I do like the circle with like the it looks hand drawn, but it's not that like thin black sketchy line that you see with like line art drawn like flowers and a lot of florists logos. So I'm curious what your thoughts are right there. Um, yeah, anything that here is feeling off or that you would like me to swap out or feel like something's missing, definitely let me know. Okay, so this is tight face inspiration. The important thing to know about this slide is that these are not your logos. These are simply screenshots that I've taken of various tight faces that I have done research on I pulled a ton of them but these were definitely my favorites um, and ones that I think are most appropriate for your project based off of the mood board based off of your questionnaire and creative direction call and your visual brain descriptors you'll notice that there's a little yellow star here because Norman regular is my absolute favorite out of all of them I think there's something really special about the O's being wider than the rest of the letters I don't think it's distracting I think it's interesting And especially when they're stacked on top of each other, it's going to give me a lot to play with, with, um, you know, potentially subbing one or both for your illustration so that it's actually part of your primary logo. I think that's going to be so cool. I also love Luxoria, but you know, you can't go wrong with these other ones. Um, I just feel like these have a little bit more personality. Um, whereas these are just a little bit more classic. So, um, let me know what your thoughts are. If there's any that you don't like, I would love to hear if there are any letters in any of these, like let's say you don't like the R in this one, I can absolutely customize any of the letters that you see. And that's the great thing about working with a custom designer is that like, it's not just a font. It's, you know, I will be looking at the spacing between the letters. I will be looking at overlap. I'll be looking at, you know, how are we going to be manipulating these letters to make it look really unique? Um, So keep that in mind when you're, when you're looking at the fonts. Okay. So this, these are um, illustration or icon style inspiration. So obviously we're going to be doing a solar eclipse, so don't look at the content, but I would love for you to look at the, um, the style. First, we have the brownstone. Um, I think it was brownstone floral. Um, uh, I may be saying that wrong, but we have this one. It does feel very hand drawn. The, le- the the lines are thicker. It's not perfect, but it does still just have this like casual, beautiful elevated vibe to it. Um, this is the one from the mood board that I said. It's, you know, it's got like a little, you know, it's, it's got the thicker lines, but you can still tell that it's been hand drawn. They're not all the same width. This one, I wanted you to take a look at the the sun here. I know we're not doing a sun, we're doing an eclipse, but it's kind of similar to this one where it's like, okay, this looks like a, a an ink drawing that someone has digitized and then, you know, kind of used color and this one has a cool color background. So curious to hear your thoughts on three and seven. Um, number four, um, it has kind of like an alignment here. It's definitely smaller, daintier. It's got thinner lines. It's got this oval shape let me know your thoughts there. And then, um, this is kind of what I was talking about on our call where it's like a color block, but then with like an outline on top, it's slightly shifted. It feels lived in and it feels organic. And I think it'll be a great, it could be a great option to utilize some color in your icons. Um, and then number six, I just love, I know it's a flower. We're not doing florals, um, because we're not, you know, going in that direction. We are going to be doing the, um, the eclipse, but, Um, I do like the way that, you know, this, the, all the lines are the same thickness, but it just looks very balanced and beautiful. So out of all of these, let me know which style you're most drawn to. Um, I would love to be able to move forward with kind of a style inspiration. And if you like, like, let's say you like number five or number six, and you want to see more in that same style, absolutely let me know. And I'd be happy to pull more so that we can kind of really make sure that we're kneeling the illustration style. Okay, so this is your color hierarchy. This is basically your color palette, but I wanna show you my intention for how much you will be using of each color. So we have our warms, we have our cool lavender over here. We have this beautiful deep olive that I feel like really balances out the rest of the colors. And it's just more interesting and different and organic than a dark gray or a black. I do like to have one darker color in the palette at least to make sure that we have good stuff for layering. I feel like it just looks so good with the lavender. Um, And then, you know, I was playing around with maybe removing the pink or removing the peach. I just feel like it looks so much more built out with all of the colors and um, you know, simplicity is my thing and ease and simplicity is your thing. Let me know if you feel like you want to see it without one or the other colors, but I just feel like together they, they remind me of like a sun rising over a beautiful ocean and you see like all like the sky just lights up in all these colors and, it makes me think of, you know, this, like the summertime and the solstice and just so many things that I know that you're really inspired by with Soul Flora. So let me know your thoughts here. And then just, again, this beautiful buttery um, golden yellow that's, you know, lighter, but it's not so pastel that it looks white. Um, and then linen is just a really nice off-white color to have in your palette um, potentially for the background of your website or backgrounds of social imagery that you don't want to have like a solid color background. It's just a really good balancer and it plays really, really nicely with both the warms and the cools. This is your main color palette. Again, these are not in hierarchical order. Um, So you'll see them just in that same swatch. Um, it's sometimes kind of nice to be able to see all of the colors kind of in the same amounts. And that's it. Really excited to hear your thoughts, feedback, instructions, and next steps are in the email that, that um, this was LinkedIn. You're also, you're also watching this video in Notion. And so you can just scroll right down and give your feedback right in Notion and then shoot me an email letting you know that it's been completed. Really, really excited about this and can't wait to hear your thoughts. Okay. I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on this, Esther.
1: I love getting to see the behind the scenes of your presentations. Like honestly, okay, first thoughts are just like you sound the same as you do whenever I talk to you, which is uh, duh. You like that's who no, you that's are. That's a
0: good thing. Sometimes
1: people feel like more professional or like less. I don't know, but I felt like you were just very much yourself. So that was really cool to hear. And I love getting to see just how you communicate to them. One thing I noticed, and I think this might be a little bit of a differentiator between our two presentations, is like you don't necessarily read every single thing that's on your slides, right? Yeah. They can read it themselves. I think sometimes I talk through almost everything that's there just so that like, I feel like I need to. But for you, I'm glad that you don't, because I feel like it allows them to really like let things soak in and take it in for themselves. So that was really, really cool. I love your typography section where you talk about, like you lay out all the different type options and share like what your favorite is and why. I actually think that in my presentation, I did this because you had talked about it before. Oh, good. Um, if I'm not mistaken, we'll see when we do listen to it. But Yeah, overall, I just feel like it was a really clear and concise way. Like you said, it's, it's very short, but I think to the point. And I think that that's what is good. Like clients don't necessarily need everything in there, right? Like, especially for something that's more of an intensive. I'm obsessed. And I now I know because I've seen like the aftermath of what you've created. I'm like aftermath. (laughs) The pieces that stayed and the pieces that left.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. I it's I never really have anyone give feedback from a designer perspective on like my presentation. So it's like so cool to see like what stood out to you. Yeah. She actually ended up giving feedback on the word bespoke. She was not a fan of that word and we ended up shifting it into like refined or something like that. Mm. Um, I feel like bespoke is something that's used a lot. Yeah. And so she's like, you know, I just don't really resonate with that word. I don't really know why. And I was like, let's nix it. Let's swap it out. Um, She actually also had feedback on one of the R's Mm. in the Norman regular font, which... Spoiler alert, we ended up up using that font. And then I, she was like, I actually like the R in Luxoria better. And I was like, actually me too. Like, let me make that more streamlined. Like, let me smooth Mm -hmm. out some of those serifs a little bit. And so that R is definitely custom in the final logo design. But overall, she said that like she loved it. And She loved seeing like her work represented in the mood board, which, you know, because I work with creatives mainly, like a lot of them already come with really great photography, which is like one of the best things I feel like about my positioning and the clients that I like to work with is that like they already have like a style and an aesthetic and it's more about like pulling that out, exploring that and seeing how that can be applied through a brand identity lens.
1: Yeah. I was actually going to point that out too, like with your mood board sharing, you had a couple of photos from her within your mood board. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this might be like a little bit of a critique. For yeah, that. please do. If you're open. Yes. I think that it's awesome to have like their own photos. And I do that sometimes as well, just because it allows you to see what things work with their photos. I think in the presentation, you talked a lot about her photos as opposed to talking more about the, the designs that are around it. Yeah. You're like, I included this photo because I loved this part of it. I included this photo cause I loved like this. And, um, I feel like more talking about like the typography and the colors that you have around them as opposed to like why you chose their photo. Cause of course, like their photos are right. Beautiful, that's actually, that's, that's good feedback.
0: That. No, I really appreciate that. Cause you know, like I have to always bring myself back to what is the point? of this presentation, which is why I always start every presentation with, I'm showing you this because I want you Mm -hmm. to be able to feel this way. And this is the result that I want to get out of this. That way, like the client is very guided in terms of what feedback they're supposed to be looking for and giving. So with the mood board, it really is less about the individual photos and more about the full feeling and vibe. And, you know, like, I'm sure they can give like specific feedback, like photo number seven. Like, I don't like that one. Can you swap it out? I often do that, but that is really good. I'll keep that in mind. Like the next time I'm recording a presentation, because like, I tend to get a little detailed in the mood bar where I'm like, and then I change this background to this color. And then, you know, there's this font and, yeah. you know, <laughs> but it's well, overall. I mean, and
1: even- even me saying that it's just cause I listen to you, but like, I'm sure that I do similar things in my presentations too, where I'm like, that was so unnecessary, but <laughs> you're in the moment and you're talking and it's just like, whatever, because it's kind of casual and yeah. like, whatever. It doesn't matter that much. Yeah. But overall it was so good. And I think that I would love to share some of these screenshots with our listeners. Cause I think that when you get into sharing, um, like inspiration, like the type of inspiration in the colors, that'd be cool for Mm. them to get to see that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I feel like this is one of my favorite color palettes I've ever designed as well. It was stunning. Thank you. The lavender. Thank you. The lavender though. Like, I mean, she, we worked together on the lavender color. Actually, the one that you'll see is not the one we ended up with. She wanted it to be even brighter and like more saturated. Mm. And so we ended up brightening that up and it's looking really good on the website. So I'm glad we did. But yeah, once this one goes live too, I'll be posting about it a ton on my Instagram. So you guys can go follow there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like this one too, I mean, this is such a short, it's just, my creative direction presentations are like, I don't want to say bare bones because they're not, but like it drastically reduces the amount of strategy that like I used to do. And I still do in my more full service brand presentations. Mm-hmm. So like, It's still strategic. It's still based off of the client's values and, you know, their aesthetic and their vibe, but it's just not as detailed out in the presentation. A lot of that work happens in the questionnaire and in our like in-depth creative direction call, which happens prior to that. So that's the only reason why I'm able to do that in like a day or two is because it's so short. If it was longer, it would cost more and take longer. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Anytime we talk about websites on this podcast, I feel like I always talk about how much I learned from Rach DeLuna's Standout Squarespace course. I literally could not sing his praises enough. It changed the way that I run my business. It just made me so confident in Squarespace. And Rach is the best teacher in the entire world. Now she has a new course called Standout Shopify. And you guys, it's insane. It's like The same type of teaching style, but for Shopify. And literally, Rach is going to be able to take you from knowing zero. You don't have to know anything about Shopify. You come in and learn her course, listen through all the modules, and you'll be able to really turn your Shopify websites into just game changers. She's going to cover how to design effective e-commerce stores, how to build distinctive and elevated experiences by learning the code that includes the Shopify liquid code, how to streamline your client communication from discovery until you hand it off. And you'll be able to take any of those themes and adapt them to the type of styles that you want adapt any of the concepts to customize any Shopify theme. And she's also going to teach you how to use one specific theme, a premium theme exclusive to standout Shopify students. So if you want to learn more, you can go to standoutshopify.com or check her out on Instagram at square stylist. Right now, if you sign up, it's the lowest price. It will ever be between October 27th and October 31st. So definitely take a look at standoutshopify.com to learn Shopify from the start. And I'm so excited for you guys.
0: All right. I want to hear about your creative strategy and creative direction.
1: Yeah. So I'm super excited to share this project with you guys. Um, It is for Lavender and Twine, which is an Italian bakery based here in Chicago that I've been working on for a while now. We're currently in the website design process. So we went through the design, the brand design and packaging design a few months ago. So this is kind of one of those longer projects that is so fun to work on. Um, I'm obsessed and I can't wait for it to all come to life. I want to share this creative direction with you because if you do like see some of the actual standstills of the imagery that I shared, there are aspects that you'll see that are live in like the real brand that we put together. But like the colors are completely different. Like there's a lot of things that are completely different from this initial creative direction. But this is the first one that we did together. Like this was the strategy and creative direction at the very beginning of the whole process. So it set the tone for it. Like a lot of the strategy, actually all of the strategies stayed the same. But the creative direction and the look and feel had definitely tweaks to it. So it's really cool to kind of see through all of that. We talk about... The values and vision of her business, um, the audience, and then dive into like visual direction, logo direction. And like I said earlier, I did take from Jen and showed her some typography options in here too. And one of these typography options we did go with. So, um, like I said, there's aspects that did stay and there's aspects that left. So I'm excited for you guys to listen. So let's listen to it now. I can't wait. Hi, happy Thursday. I hope that you are having a lovely day. I am so excited to share with you your brand creative direction and strategy. So let's get into it. Um, I apologize for not sending this a little bit earlier. So you have more time. I know that it's Thursday. So whenever you're able to get to responding will be great. And I'm so excited to chat on Tuesday with you. So this brand creative direction is going to go over some values, your personality, audience, mission statement. And then I'm going to share some visual approach that I have for you, colors and type that I've been thinking about. It's just an overall look at how your brand could evolve and how we could design it Um, before I jump into the design phase, because I really want to make sure that we are on the right track. And this way you can give any input and then we can move on and do more of the nitty gritty the exciting design work this is also very exciting too so today like i said we'll have a little intro we'll get into your values and vision and all of the things so i'm excited to detail it and kind of share with you where my head's at with your business and how i think we can really dig into your personality and show that through the designs and the color and the type and all of it. So first, I just want to share why this part of the process matters a lot and what you should be thinking about as I go through this presentation and as you take time thinking about it as well. Simply put, good design isn't just pretty. It's not just picking out a font and choosing a color. And I know you know that because you've been in the advertising industry for a long time, but I really want to dig into the strategy behind it What is your audience thinking? What do they need? How are we going to position your brand in a way that's going to really align with what your goal is and still be beautiful, but have deeper meaning to it? So as we go through all of this, just really think about what is the audience going to have a connection with and is this going to resonate with them? So let's start with your core values and your vision. So based on our conversations, these are the values that I see for Lavender and Twine. This value of community, of slowness, of enjoyment, taking a break, simplicity, and having those simple pleasures in life. To be able to really unwind and relax, to feel calm and peaceful, to really spark a little bit of joy with the experience of eating food and being with people enjoying the presence of people in a stress-free environment that's easy, it's tranquil, and you're able to rest amidst the chaos that life throws our way. And then at the core of all of that, you believe in lo studio, which is the art of soul living. So I really think there that's capitalizing on how do we make people feel like they can indulge in your brand and they can sit down with a cup of coffee and really taste the goodness of it, live a little bit slower, live in the pandemic life. I mean, not being in pandemic, but really taking the time to appreciate the little moments. You believe in community, you have your core community in Chicago. And that's huge. I mean, even you talk about Italy, how a community is what is brought together by food. Like you enjoy it together, Uh, even in the morning, you can enjoy it together and really taking the time to live a slow life with your friends and your family. You care about sustainability and the quality of your food. And you said time and time again that the food is so good and so authentic, but it's also that you're sourcing um, the quality natural ingredients. And then the simple pleasures that goes back into the slow living of just enjoying the small things, enjoying just quiet, enjoying sitting and being and living. So your big vision, this is a statement that I've crafted for you. Um, Really, I want this to be a vision statement for you, a mission statement, if you will. Um, It wants to address those words that we want people to associate with you and your business moving forward. And we're gonna use this as a platform to then base any other type of design work onto. So I see you as an all-natural Italian bakery for those who are seeking a life of slow living to take a beat, unwind, and appreciate peaceful moments with food. I'll read that again. We are an all natural Italian bakery for those seeking a life of slow living, to take a beat, unwind, and appreciate peaceful moments with food. Going off of that, your personality is gonna resemble that slow living. We're gonna be calm, while still joyful. I think you find joy in those slow moments. You find radiance. So it still feels exciting, but it's not the overwhelmingness. It's more of a peaceful radiance, a friendly face, serenity, this coziness of being uh, just cuddled or just sitting and feeling your own self. Um, it's very soothing, very snug, comforting. And I also want to key in on this stability. I think that this, we want it to be a staple in people's lives, that they have this every single day. They can feel calm. They can feel joy in these soft, serene moments. And that stability is really important. So you carry all of these personality traits above. And overall, this brand persona is what we want people to feel. We want them to feel joy. We want them to feel peace. We want them to feel... Snug and held and warm. Um, We don't want them to feel like this is a huge serious thing or it's plain and boring and you just pick up a cup of coffee or you pick up a bagel on the way to work. Like it's not that. Um, It's also not formal. It's not like you have to sit and be perfect while you're doing this. It's more let loose and be who you are. Um, It's not brash or loud. Even though we do have this joy to it, it's a calm joy. So now that we have what your big vision and your personality are, there are still two important questions to ask. So how are we going to connect with the people and really show them who you are, bring them into this story, and who really is them? Which is where we get into your audience. So your audience, I've categorized it into three different groups of people so there's the indulgence and foodies the health conscious and the environmentally conscious so this as a whole you can say there are so i mean there are so many things within that too and also you have the community and that's much larger but i think if we're going to break it out and really focus on three types of people this is going to help us message better and show that through the design and the copy so our audience breakdown: the indulgence in foodies. We need them. We love them. They're the people that, no matter how much this is going to be calorie-wise, um, they don't really care about the nutritional benefit. They just want to eat really good food. They want to feel like this is true Italian baking. Um, they love food. They love just like sitting with it and enjoying all the tastes. I'm reminded of. I know this is French, but ratatouille, when the, the rat is like, mmm, rosemary. And like you just taste all of the different uh, ingredients. And that's what the indulgence want. They want to know that things are rich and full of good quality. Um, the health conscious consumer, they also love the taste. Everybody here loves the taste, but they want to know that the food that they're putting into their body is good for their body. And this is why you have chosen to use the sourcing of every ingredient as a really important uh, point. So you have quality ingredients. They know that it's going to be good for their well-being. Um, it's it's all natural. And so that's an important thing to really key in on in the design as well to make sure that they know that it's healthy. Um, and then environmentally conscious, they care about the sourcing. They want it to be local, ethical, um, that every purchase that they're making is going to be making the world a better place because if not, they probably won't eat it. If you're using a lot of plastic, um, if your ingredients are just kind of big box stores, it's really showing them that you're caring about the little details that turn into a bigger thing. And through design, we use those little details to show them that you're thinking about little details everywhere. So your audience needs to feel lots of different things to feel welcomed in and part of your story. Um, There are so many different audiences and you have the three and they all have a different need, but overall they want to feel comforted, they want to feel indulged, they want to be part of your brand, they want to trust you, they want to feel engaged in what you're doing and loving what you're doing. Uh, they want to feel encouraged that they are making a good choice in purchasing. And they also kind of want to feel lustful about it, like, oh, I just want to eat this delicious baking. So why does all of this matter? All of this stuff that I've like thrown at you. It's because we can tell emotion through design. So somebody who's going to come into it, they they want to know, like I said, all the detailing, um, including like the way that letters look and your brand's colors. Somebody can pick up and see like, oh, this is cheaply put together. This is like nothing. We don't care about it. It's just like whatever. Um, and that really shows. And the environmentally conscious, there are so many Brands and and natural stuff that like you can tell that it feels natural, and that's kind of what we want to go for too. So, let me take a deep breath. It's <laughs> a lot of content, and if you need to go back and rewatch it or sit and just read through it yourself too, feel free to do that, and then we can jump into the visual direction. So, the visual direction, I'm going to show you a mood board. This has. 15 squares, I know it's not a whole lot, but of the pieces that I've pulled that I think are gonna be the closest aligned to you and how I want to push your brand. So you see on here, like the colors feel warm and inviting. They're bright and light. You still have that like joyful feeling and you get on the letters. So if you look at Milan or Pirata, Cafe Anna, They have like the strongness to them, which to me feels like the stability that you need within that soothing colors. So you have all a mixture of those and you can still have the personality within the letter form. So for example, the Pirata has the soft curves. Milan has these little um, small notches on them. Um, Cafe Anna has the the, uh, angles too. They all have a unique personality and there is thought that goes into that. Um, and then if you see the colors, they all feel like they're a family. They're very warm, inviting, peaceful, because I think with the, the pastels, you have that peace. So let me jump into a little bit more detail and, um, then we can talk about it too. So the key highlights from that visual direction, I want the bold patisserie font for the logo and main main copy to represent that stability. And the logo will be clean and clear. It's androgynous, so it's neither feminine or masculine to have the appeal to everyone. And also want it to feel very welcoming. Um, then the logo will then be paired with some soft, delicate line work in the small body copy. So let me go back and show, like, see how with Milan, you have like the small copy, same for Bonte, um, things like that, that will add a little bit of detail to it. The detail that we're talking about, people want to see, um, how you can add in like all natural or, um, organic or however you want, we end up, uh, describing it so that it's still there and not just, oh, lavender and twine, you know. Um, We're gonna utilize white space a lot and clear space, especially when we get into packaging later on, but for design-wise, utilizing the white space and then pairing pairing the variations of pastels with the lavender as primary, of course. So for the logo inspiration, I've pulled those four out. Um and added little attributes to it. So again, I just want to reiterate, um, I want it to feel warm and inviting. Uh, I know that these are still sharp and bold fonts. They have the warmth to it. And that comes through also with the color and the way that the letter forms are manipulated a little bit. Um, I want it to feel consistent because again, we want that stability um, to be a staple in people's lives. Um, But the letters still have this like softness to the edges, slightness. So even though, for example, in Cafeana, you see it is still angled, there's these curves on it. Um, So we want it to still feel relaxing. And then I have gone through and found a couple of different fonts, 10 to be exact. I know it's quite a bit, but I just wanted to kind of show you some um, initial Things that I am looking at and see if there's anything that really sticks out to you that you love or don't love from these fonts. Um, I have a note on here that says these are not your logo itself. Um, They're just a starting place for conversation. I want to see where you're feeling. So, some things to maybe point out are um, like in this number four Aurora, you have these soft curves within the middle of the letters. So, you have that warm, inviting, and yet it's still strong. Um, Whereas you have the Cherry Bomb, which is just like a straight strong font that has only the slightness in the edges of like the T and the W is fun. And of course, we can add even more detailing into them and we likely will. I just want to show you some things. And when you give some notes, if you want to say like, I love um, number two, I love the R on number two and that curve that's coming out. Um, or you can say that you hate that one spot and you really love like these other things. So, um, if you could just give a little bit of context, that would be great. And I I love showing this because I want you to be part of this whole process and seeing where all of my thoughts are coming from. And then we can go and customize and refine the logo itself. Okay. Color palette. So... I have two variations of color palettes for you to choose from. The first one has a more warm feel within all of these colors. I wanted these, these two on the second and the fifth on both of the options are your primary like lavender colors. And then the other ones are going to be secondary. Um the first option has more of a warm feel. You have the yellow tones within the lavenders, even this cream is a little bit more warm. So this gives off a very homey feeling, like a like the sun beating through the window on a warm afternoon. It feels very restful and inviting. So it's not a true lavender um and yet you still have the purple to it. The second one has a little bit more of a true lavender to it. Um, you, It takes on more of a cool feeling. So it feels like um, sinking into comfort of the cool breeze in the morning. And it has the blues and the purple. Um, it has a little bit lighter to feel more like morning time. And again, you have the coolness. So really the two are balancing the cool feeling versus the warm. And they both have that comfort to them. So it really is kind of how you feel like you would connect. And then I have both of them laid out so you can see the way colors interact together. So this is option one with the warmer colors. And then this is option two with the cooler colors. So I wanna go back and also point out this one has even though these purples are a little bit more um maroony this blue has kind of a periwinkle and i feel like the two together kind of give off the still the feeling of lavender even though it's not like your traditional traditional lavender color and then here you have the traditional lavender color in, in this lighter purple and then you have the balance of those coolness the dark and the um the blue. Okay, so that is everything for your creative direction. Now it's your turn. So I would love to know what you think about the elements. I, If you have thoughts that are like this totally doesn't resonate, let's talk about it. Let's see like where we can kind of evolve and, and make it even better. Um, and like I said at the beginning, I just try to be as objective as you can. Um, the more specific you are with the colors and the type and how things work together, um, the better our process is going to be. And I'm super excited to hear from you and hear what you think and then be able to dive into the designing of it all. Um, again, let me know if you have thoughts. Feel free to write that in Notion or if you wanted to record a video and that's easier for you that feels good. Also, side note, I made biscotti over the weekend and it didn't turn out as like, um, like crispy as I usually like it, but it's soft and it kind of reminded me of how you thought your, uh, your husband and your daughter, like it's a little bit softer. So anyways, I'm trying to just like get into your, your mentality and it's fun, but okay. I hope that you have a good rest of your week and I'm excited to talk to you next week. Bye. Okay.
0: And that was my presentation. what do you think? Esther. Esther. Okay. I have like 15 bullet points. So I'm going to try to You wrote things out. I just, I wanted to remember all of my thoughts. I, overall, I'm just, I'm obsessed with your presentation and I want to give you the same piece of feedback that you said at the beginning of mine where you sound just like yourself. You sound like just so happy and casual. And, you know, you just, I can tell the passion that you have for this client's business. Like aside from them paying you, you are excited about lavender and twine. Like you can't wait to go and have a, a biscotti at their location, you know, which I love that you included that at the end, just like a little personal touch. It made me so happy to like watch that. So, oh. And I kept thinking throughout the whole presentation too, like your like design of your presentation is amazing. Like I, I feel like I've been oh, the biggest you. like Sarah fan since you rebranded and your brand is just like infused in every single touch point. And you actually just made a reel about this on Instagram about how like you I did. live out your brand. Like I feel like you really do. <laughs> like it was just very apparent to me like, I don't know. I feel like I don't really insert as much of my brand in my presentation, which was a difference that I noticed between the two of us. Like I have like the logo at the end, but mine is very kind of like, just like black and white. And like, it doesn't really have as much like hello June flourish in it. Whereas yours, like you had all of your, your fonts and like you had the blue color and the tan background. And you had like the little thin lines that I know that like you love and I love about the Sareth brand. Like, but it didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was competing with the visuals for the client. So that's like a little thing. Oh, that's
1: awesome. That is so good to hear. I also think that something to note that you guys can't see because you're listening. Mm -hmm. um, I use my fonts and I use those lines, but I only use like the blue at the beginning when we're talking through strategy and at the end when I'm wrapping things up. And in the middle, I'll either use like a color that's part of their presentation for my fonts Or I'll just do like a dark gray so that it doesn't compete more.
0: Oh, that's like so intentional.
1: Yeah, that way it still feels like as a unit, but it doesn't like detract from their own
0: stuff. You just have literally thought through every single detail. And I feel like it just, it shows like I, you were pitching me on brand design while I was watching this. I was like, I'm ready. Sign me up. I need this. And it's like, I literally (laughs) a brand designer. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was so amazing. Um, I love at the beginning where you went from going from more words and phrases to a few core ones, because I feel like I struggle with that often where I'm like, Oh, I want to put like 15 different like phrases and they're not all values you know, like sometimes they're like a bunch of different words. Like I like how you kind of went from like, it was almost showing her the process that you were going through where you were like going from more words to like really pulling out, okay, like what are the core like feelings that you want for your brand? And like, I also love that you, went, you you do like a big vision instead of just like a vision statement, a mission statement, a USP, which I feel like that's kind of what I do when I'm doing more brand messaging. But like, I like how you kind of just combine all of those into just one clear and concise statement, which I feel like is so valuable for the client because then it's like, well, when do I use my vision statement? Like, when do I use my USP? Like you really just crafted like a catch all thing that like encompasses Mm -hmm. all of those pieces. And I definitely don't do that. And I definitely want to start doing that because I feel like it just like brings the simplicity in Um, and it works for internal. It works for external. It's like...
1: Yeah. That's the thing like with those vision statements that I do is like I have that and then eventually like as we evolve it, it gets crafted in a few different ways that are like shorter and longer and like what are we using more for internal and external. But that big statement is still the big statement, you know?
0: Yes. Multiple audience segments. I love this. And that's obviously I know that's like not new and like I've heard and I've done multiple audience segments before in my audience sections and my more fully built out brand strategy But like, I liked how your audience segments weren't just like exclusive of each other. Like one person could be in two audience segments or all three or just one of them. Like I thought that was really, really cool. Like they can overlap, but they don't have to. Yeah. Like I thought that was cool.
1: If you guys, you guys weren't watching it, but I did have a little Venn diagram.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like that. I just... I love that visual representation. Um, and the Ratatouille mentioned like A plus. I love that movie. <laughs> I wrote down, I can see the brand in the mood board.
1: Yeah, now that you know it, now right? Now that I've like, seen the brand, you-
0: I'm like, okay, wow, this is really cool to see. Like, it's like looking at like baby pictures of someone that you're really close to, you know. You're like, oh my gosh, like that's mm. what they look like as a baby. Like, oh, I can see like the shape of their face. Like, they look completely different, you know, but like it's like, okay, wait, I can see. Where this started. So I'm like, I'm so excited. Yeah, which is
1: like what I, that's the same as like what I said for you in your mood board. Yeah. Yeah. We have to share the mood boards. I know. We we definitely will.
0: And one thing that you do that I don't do is that you write out key highlights and takeaways for the mood board, which I really love because mood boards can be actually really confusing for clients, which is why I include that like intro paragraph. But like, I like how you kind of make it more specific to them and their brand, you're like, this is what I get from this mood board. Like, this is my intention for choosing the things that I did choose here. I thought that was really genius because that guides the client in understanding, okay, yeah, like the pastels do feel really cozy, you know, or like, yeah, like those fonts do feel really bold and exciting. Like, because a client can look at a bold font, but they might not know, like what a bold font means, you know, like they don't, we have to teach them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Or they would see like one image and be like, oh, she wants to do that illustration on it. And that's not like the point at all. It's like, I meant about the colors. Like that's where I put it in. It's for the colors or like things like that.
0: Yeah. I think that that's really smart. Did you like design, like, did you just come up with your presentation yourself? Like, did you just decide to do those pages?
1: Um, it was like a little mixture of things that I had seen and pulled together and things that I had used yeah. when I was an agency. A little like a, it's like a hodgepodge, but then I kind of I was gonna did. say you
0: need to sell this. Seriously. You I mean, I, if you don't if you don't want um, to, that's maybe, okay. Maybe. But like I was saying, you <laughs> could sell it if you wanted to. I know it is very, very valuable IP for Sarah for yeah. sure. Cause I feel like your process definitely is a positioning piece for you that sets you apart from other designers, like at least. From the outside. That's how I feel. Like you're just so detailed. Mm. Anyways, it's just like like Esther like thank love vest. You. Um,
1: thank you. All right. Well, you guys, like if you want to see this, maybe let me know because I probably won't sell it unless there's a demand.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's for sure gonna be a demand. It's amazing. Um, one thing that I did have a suggestion on is very small. I would say try adding really small numbers to the images on your mood board just to make it easier for clients to like give feedback on specific mm. like squares. So they know we're talking about not being that's specific a really with the good mood point. board, but then like I had clients being like, okay, third column, like second one down, you know, like the one with the, you know, the illustration that blah, blah, blah. Like I just yeah. put numbers there. I don't detail out each number, but like, I just, you know, so they can be like, oh, number five, I like really wasn't feeling or like whatever. That's just been helpful.
1: Yes, that's so smart. Yeah, because I have like I, I in the past it's been like, oh, I like the one that says Milan. And I'm like, okay, cool. But then if there's like just <laughs> another like mock-up that I found that I'm there I have to like look really intensely at that to come up with like an idea like of the green one with it, the like, like yellow. The
0: and we all know clients like bless their hearts. Sometimes they just don't know how to talk about design. So I just found that putting numbers on it just makes it really easy for them.
1: Yeah that's good. I'm definitely going to include that.
0: I really admire the strength of your adjectives that you put in the primary logo inspiration page. Like you, like one of them was like androgynous. Mm. Like I was like, oh, that's such like a juicy adjective. And I feel like it's so like mm. descriptive of what that logo looks like. I just, especially coming from a journalism background, you guys know my story. Like I love... I love writing and I love reading and I just, I noticed that. And that's something that I really admire because I can find myself kind of falling into the same patterns of, you know, using the word like authentic or clean or whatever. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like those words just aren't, like, I feel like there's so much more like, vague than something like the word androgynous, which is like that has that has legs. Like you know Mm. kind of the vibe, especially if you pair it with this video. So I just wanted to call that out because I think that was awesome. Color palette comparisons. Loved how you did a cool version and a warm version. And this is a perfect example of what we mean when we talk about being able to hack the one concept method and show small deviations within an overarching concept direction like showing multiple different font options Mm -hmm. showing you know maybe if you want to do two different stylescapes or if you want to do two different color palettes like I think that is really cool and I think in that situation it's less confusing and more like there's more to compare between the two because I feel like with color especially with different screens Sometimes colors can look more dull yeah, for them. Yeah, that's true. Whereas you can see if you have a more saturated color next to a less saturated color, they can be like, "Oh, I like the one that's more saturated." Or I, you know, it's it, like
1: paint samples, right?
0: It's like you have to almost compare yeah. them to something else to show your intention in making it more pastel or adding in more yellow or making it cool versus warm. Like sometimes clients don't even really understand how to. D- designate coolness or warmness. So I think that was cool that like you, you know, you were probably looking in two different directions and you liked them both and wanted to get her opinion. But I think that also was helpful for the client to compare and be like, okay, well, you know, I don't like this direction. I want to go this direction or, um, and I'm curious too. I know you said that the color palette changed. Tell, tell us more about that.
1: Well, yeah, like if you look at this, and I have actually like the actual lavender and twine, what we finished with pulled up next to me just because I was working on it right before our call. But it turned into like a way more bold. Like we have pink and red. I was gonna say that poppy red.
0: Like I know that was one of my
1: favorites. And but we did kind of more go with option two, which was the cooler colors. Like the blue and the green stayed the same. And then it was the pink and the Red and then the purple that changed a tiny bit. But it was because on the mood board, there was one that had the like a pink. It's not the same pink and red that we have, but there was a pink and red. And my client was like, I love how that feels. Like, can we do something kind of like that? And so we took that mood board image and then turned that into more of the colors as well.
0: I saw it. I was like, oops. I see it. There must have sparked some kind of little thing. And that's, I feel like the beauty of mood boards is that like some of the squares are like, okay, that looks fine. And then you never know what a client is going to latch on to or what they're not going to like. And so that's why mm-hmm. you probably heard me say like, if you, if it doesn't resonate, tell me like, what don't you like about this? You know, like, cause it's all about just trying to get in their head and making them feel like you understand what is going on in their head. So, yes, exactly. Okay, just a couple more. I love you have how so you many do notes. I know, but yours is so good. I just I had to write them all down. Um, I love how you do text overlaid on the colors. This might not be something that you guys got from listening to it, but there is text on top of the color palette in an additional slide that shows how they work really well together. And this is absolutely. Yes,
1: actually, I have like a note of that is okay. because I do all of my. Website designs in Squarespace, right? And in Squarespace, you have your color palette and it automatically generates your different types of quote unquote themes, like your color themes for your sections. So when you add a new section, it's like bold section one, bold section two, lightest section. So I like simulate that with my color overlays so that they can see when I do put it. I mean, they don't know that this is like a Squarespace like hack kind of, not hack, but like an idea. Um, But it helps me so that later on when I do eventually go into Squarespace, because I know I'm going to be doing website design, then I know that they all work together and they know that they work together.
0: That is so smart. I was going to say, I'm definitely going to implement this in my process because even just hearing you talk about like, oh, well, Squarespace does this. And so you're setting yourself up for success from the very beginning to make sure that they like those combinations. So like we're basically trying to reduce the number of surprises that the client is going to see at the end, right? So Mm -hmm. I get to a web design phase often and then realize that sometimes the colors just like don't necessarily layer in the way that I was intending them to. And so I end up actually going back and revising the color palette. So I'm going to do this because this just front loads that exploration and make sure that the colors layer really nicely. It does that a little bit in mine where I do the color hierarchy with the little bubbles that are kind of like overlaid on top of each other. And I like explore the contrast and make sure that, but it's different when it's text, you know, like Mm -hmm. the readability is so important for web. And I mean, Google like SEO actually cares about that stuff too. So I love that you're kind of like building that into the very beginning of your process. Um, And it's something that I for sure need to do the next time that I do a creative direction. And then the last slide, asking for their thoughts and feedback. I kind of just say this at the end. I don't really have a slide, but like I could just make a slide that would go with every presentation that kind of guides them a little bit. I have guidance on feedback in Notion, but I kind of like having like a simple slide that like has a couple of like guiding factors, like it's helpful when you mm-hmm. say this, it's not, you know, it's not helpful when you're more vague or more broad, like tell me why you gave a piece of feedback or something like that, because clients just won't read everything in their portal, you know? Um, and so I like mm-hmm. that you guided them there. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for all that feedback. I feel like you just like juiced me up there.
0: Oh, good. Well, I feel <laughs> juiced up by you looking at my very simple creative oh. direction and saying that like you liked it, you know, it's just, I feel like there's such different presentations, were but like different. they are achieving like similar results, which I think is so cool, you know?
1: Yeah. And I hope for you guys listening that you are able to take certain aspects of both of them and see what works for you in your business in your presentations, like depending on what type of work you're doing, like if you're doing something that's shorter or longer or more intense, like maybe you need more than what both of us shared, but yeah. at least you have some some little nuggets that you might take away from it. So definitely send us a note if you found anything really interesting or inspiring from these presentations. And like we said, we'll put little screenshots of certain aspects of it so you can see.
0: Absolutely. Okay, let's do our inbox question for today. Ann Walker asks, how do you get faster at design projects and honor limited time, especially as a mom? I usually become hyper-focused and tend to go down a rabbit hole of exploring concepts. Mm. Okay, Ann, thank you for submitting this question. I think this is very relevant to people who are parents, who are not parents, anyone who wants to condense maybe a longer process into a shorter amount of time. So, Esther, I am curious to hear about your experience going from a larger, more deliverable packed project to something that's shorter, or also just like being more efficient with your time. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Okay. I have so
1: many like thoughts in my head about this question because when I was in advertising, like agency world is just so fast paced and you have to learn how to be fast. Like, there's no, choice. But I will say like, one of the things that I used to do is to go down that rabbit hole of like, I had so many different things that I wanted to do. Like I just, it was all over the place, but I started to set a timer for myself. And that's something that's carried on to like in my own business of, okay, I have to do this presentation in two hours. So I have two hours to pull all the inspiration I can. And then I just have to like vomit it onto a page and see where it lands. And just having that like a little bit of pressure on helps me be like, all right, this is going to get put on the page. Maybe this is going to change later on, but I have two hours to like start it. And then if you have like an hour later on that you're working on it, like I have an hour to refine it. I have like X amount of time. And I think like, especially as you as a mom, but I think this relates to anybody like where you have just different pockets of time that you're working on something, having the time set, of this just has to get done in X amount of time helps you learn to get faster and you're set against the clock. So you just, you learn how to like, Be reactive to something. So, like, your gut says, This inspiration is it. This color palette is it. Like, I, yep, that's what I'm going to go with. And it's not necessarily just your gut. It's also like learning how to be confident in the design choices that you make. So, if you come up with a color palette or if you choose like fonts or like a type system, just being like, I love it. We're going to run with it. And if something feels off later, we'll fix it, but we're going to run with it.
0: Everything you said is so accurate. I need to start setting timers because I just look at the clock and I say, okay, by 1 p.m., like I'm going to have this done. And of course, 1 p.m. comes and goes and I'm still going down my rabbit hole. I think switching tasks hear me out. I know it's like good to focus, but I feel like when you switch tasks between like, okay, I'm going to give this two hours, then I'm going to do my books or I'm going to do emails after that. Like, or just Mm -hmm. getting up from your computer and walking away. Like I can be down a rabbit hole or like feel like I'm banging my head against the wall with a concept and then come back fresh the next morning and be like, oh, I don't know why I didn't try this. And then I find what like the solution. It's so uncomfortable. I feel like for us as creatives, I'm sure Esther, you feel this way as well to get up and walk away from a project that's incomplete or not where you want it because yes. that's all I'm going to think about until I can make it look the way that I want it. <laughs>
1: it's just so uncomfortable. Yeah, taking breaks is so important. So I think like as you are busy, like we're all busy, as you're busy with like life things, like those breaks are necessary. Yes. Also well, when you were saying that, I was reminded. I was talking to Jose, my developer, yesterday, and we were talking about coding and how, like, sometimes you're working on something and it just like the code is not working. And then you take a break, and then the next day you come to it and you can finish it in like ten minutes. And you're like, "Why didn't yes. I think about that before?" It's yes. like it's easy.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. My husband has been, you know, dabbling in code. He's working with. Webflow and having a lot of fun with it, and he is the exact same way. It's like, oh, I'm so frustrated. Like he'll come and like, you know, brain dump on me, and be like, ah, oh, like I don't know why this code isn't working, and then like the next day he'll be like, oh yeah, I fixed that like in two seconds. <laughs> like oh yeah, yeah. It's, like so I feel like coding is like development in and of itself is a creative craft even though it might seem more like, oh, you're just a robot, like typing code. Like, no, you actually have to be creative and problem solving. You have to decide how you want to get to the outcome in terms of writing the code. I'm sure there's lots of different avenues that you could take. Um, I think that they're so similar and we are very excited to have Jose as a guest next season. season.
1: I know we have
0: so many fun things coming down the pipeline for that. Um, but I also, um, last thought on what you mentioned, Esther is the, the intuition and listening to yourself when you're, exploring something that feels right or feels wrong. And we actually recorded an entire episode about using intuition in your design process with our good friend, Alex McGinnis. That's in season five, episode 23. Definitely go back and listen to that one. If you guys are curious about like, okay, how do I, how do I, what is an intuitive hit? Like, what does that mean when you look at something and you know that it's right? Like, I feel like this episode is very relevant to this conversation because you can save yourself time going down rabbit holes of directions that you just know aren't right off the bat and take a step back, come back later. And I think that recognizing when something's not working is a huge piece to being able to get something done really quickly.
1: Mm-hmm last last thought i was just reminded that when i was in agency there was this competition that shutterstock put on called pixels of fury and they invited one designer from our team to be part of it and it was like whoever in the ad agency world like wanted to be part of it design wise they could i did not but one of my coworkers did so she competed and what they do is they pit designers against one another And it's a high-speed challenge of like, you have to find images on Shutterstock and like Photoshop them together. And they give you like certain prompts, but you find out in the moment what those prompts are. And then you have to like high-speed do it. And I mean, it's like a really fun experience where there's like hundreds of people cheering you on. like, they're all like, it's like a rave kind of. It's like like,
0: eSports, but for design. (laughs) Yeah. But you're
1: watching these people like high-speed. Um design and yeah one of my coworkers did it she actually won that year and it was really really fun but it was also cool because during the work day as she was preparing for the event like every day she'd be like esther can you time me i need like two minutes to do like come up with a random thing and so we would do like two minutes randomly throughout the day of how to like photoshop certain things together and i feel like that helped her because by the end obviously she won, but she was practicing like two minutes a day.
0: I think that there's something so important there to mention is that your mind is a muscle that you can flex and build. And I feel like your creativity is the same. Obviously there are things that impact our creativity. We've talked about in the past, like, like burnout or your mood that day or whatever, but like being able to come up with the concepts really quickly gets easier over time. And I will be the first one to say that I have switched the majority of my branding projects to be in this two-week intensive format because that works really, really well for my time, my schedule, my creativity. But it was way harder in the beginning to be like, holy crap, mm-hmm. I just had my creative direction call yesterday and the creative direction is due tomorrow tomorrow. You know, and it's like, oh my goodness, like what if I don't get it? But every single time I've proved to myself that like I can do this more quickly. So I feel like there's a little element of mindset and a little element of like mental gymnastics to like work out your like speedy creativity, I guess.
1: Yes, absolutely. Practice makes
0: better. Practice makes better. I love that. Let's we should put that on a piece of merch. We have like new merch ideas every (laughs) week, guys. getting it down. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We're so grateful for you all and we will see you guys in next week's episode. Bye. Bye guys. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to
1: get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com.
0: Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you
1: love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com betterpodcast.
0: And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you
1: guys again next week.